Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. If you'll open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 27, verse number 1. Genesis 27 and 1. And the Bible says, And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison. And make me savory meat such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. That my soul may bless thee before I die. I want to preach on this topic today, the weight of the cup. The weight of the cup. Will you put down your Bibles, but lift up your hands and your voices and just give God access to move in the room right now. Lord, we open up this sanctuary to you, God. We open up our hearts and our minds to you right now, God, that you will move right here where I'm standing, Jesus. Lord, that I'm be able to be one with you right now, God. We pray that your spirit would overcome us and would you clap your hands unto the Lord right now and give him some praise in this place. You may be seated. When I was a kid and still living at home, I remember the days that I would be sick and I'd be able to stay home from school. I really had a love-hate relationship with my sick days. Because on the one hand, you know, I was sick. That's never fun. But on the other, I was able to stay home from school, which I hated. I was able to watch TV play video games, or do whatever I wanted all day long. So to be able to enjoy my sick day, to have all that fun, I did have a cross to bear. Because I always knew that there was a specific moment that was coming to me in that day. And I knew that it was a moment that I dread to this day. I still struggle with it. A moment that when I hear the footsteps coming down the long hallway of my parents' house, at that moment I'm full of joy and happiness because I'm probably doing something, playing video games, watching TV, whatever. I'm, I'm so happy because I'm not at school. As the footsteps get closer to my room, I just feel that joy being ripped away from me. <laughs> ripped out of my body, just thrown out. Every step is crushing my soul. Because there stands one of my parents in my doorstep. And my joy is gone at this point. 
Because in their hands sits something so terrible that the very thought still makes me shake. Because in their hand holds a cup. And in this cup contains nasty, old, musky, imposter, cherry-flavored cough syrup that I am going to have to drink. They're going to make me drink this. Does anyone dislike cough syrup as much as I do? Isn't that the nastiest thing that anyone's ever created? Whoever invented cough syrup really hates people. Just hates them. It says they improve the flavor of it every time. I know they lie. That doesn't taste like cherry. It tastes like motor oil or something. It's terrible. Horrible. However, it still gets rid of my cough. Even though I may not like it, it's still good for me. Like a wound that you pour peroxide on, it heals the wound. However, you do have that burning sensation. It's like a cancer that must be taken out. That process puts you through so much pain and torment, but it keeps it from spreading to the entire body. I may not like what the cup does to me, but it's for my best. It might have to come inside and clean out some junk that's inside of me, that's inside of my lungs. It's got to take away that cough, even though it's inside of me. It's got to get rid of that. This week, I feel like it's been connected in many ways. Last Sunday, pastor preached a fantastic message on the purpose of communion. How many were able to listen to that, be here? Aren't you thankful for that message, the eye-opening message on communion? And this coming Sunday, we were going to partake of that very act with Jesus. And when I noticed that dad had me scheduled to preach this Tuesday night before our communion service, I was super nervous. I'm always nervous to preach the word of God. But when you know that you're about to partake in the blood and body of Jesus Christ, it's a little added weight. And it kind of makes my stomach turn a little bit. It's just stressful to me. It makes me nervous because I knew God had laid something on my heart for tonight. And I knew that he had me want to speak on some things tonight. So I may preach, I may teach. Whatever happens, happens, I guess. The past few weeks, I felt this on my heart. So I'll give you my main point right from the get-go. Okay, is that all right? God is simply calling NPC for renewal. And it's time that we partake of the soldiers' renewal. Are there any soldiers in the room right now in God's army? Can we lift up our hands and just thank God for access to the army tonight? Lord, thank you for calling me into your mighty army. This is a room full of warriors. Lord, I'm so thankful that you are my commander-in-chief. God is calling his warriors to rise up in a time that we, the church, are needed the most. We look into the news. This world is dying quickly. Demons are running wild in our streets. They hold positions of power. They are in our jobs. They're in our schools. They're in our lives. They're in our children's lives. The enemy has been working overtime, church. Ephesians 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Right. 
And it is time that we as the church rise up and be the ones who decide to stand in the gap for this world. I ask again, are there any soldiers in the building tonight? If you're watching online, I want you to put it in the chat. Say, I'm a soldier. If you're in the room right now, I want you to declare it over your life. Say, I am a soldier. I am a soldier. So going back to our opening text, what does being a soldier have anything to do with the story of Jacob? Well, let's dive into that. If you've been in church for any length of time, you've probably heard the story of Jacob. He was the youngest of two sons of Isaac and Rebekah. The older brother Esau was a hairy man. He was a hunter, wild man, man's man type. Jacob, not so much. Esau was the firstborn, so by custom, he was to receive what's called the birthright from his father. He was to be blessed from his father. Isaac, who is now old and on his deathbed, has Esau, his son, go out and find some venison for him to eat so that he can bless him. He said, son, I just want a good old meal so I can bless you, so you're going to work for it so I can bless you. So as Esau is in the fields hunting, Rebekah takes Jacob and tells him to get the skins of goats and bring it to Isaac and trick the old and weary man to give Jacob Esau's birthright. So Jacob obeys his mother. So Isaac, a blind old man on his deathbed, is being tricked by his own son and blesses Jacob. And I love what Josephus writes on the prayer that Isaac says over him. And I quote, O Lord of all ages and creator of all substance, for it was thou that didst propose to my father great plenty of good things and has vouchsafed to bestow on me what I have and has promised my prosperity to be their kind supporter and to bestow on them still greater blessings. Do thou therefore confirm these thy promises and do not overlook me because of my present weak condition on account of which I most earnestly pray to thee be gracious to this my son and preserve him and keep him from everything that is evil give him a happy life and the possession as many good as many good things as thy power is able to dis to bestow make him terrible to his enemies and honorable and beloved among his friends. What an amazing prayer. To speak over your child's life. Even if you're speaking it over the wrong one. So Esau walks in on this. He walks in on Jacob receiving his blessing. Sees his blind old father being tricked by his brother. So Jacob goes into hiding because he's afraid his brother is going to kill him and hunt him down. This is where I want to start our focus on this story and how it ties into the message. As Jacob is running from his brother, he lays on the ground and begins to have a vision. Genesis 28 and 11. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder set up upon the earth, and the top of it reached heaven. 
and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land thereon, whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it into thy seed. As Jacob is on the run, God decides that he's going to give him a dream. That he's going to communicate with him. Could you imagine seeing something like this? And some of you in this room have experiences just like this. That you've seen this. Like that no one knows about. This vision from the heavens. Ones who have witnessed their very own Bethel. Are you thankful that God gives you Bethel moments? Just personal connections with him. I love what Bishop Walls writes in his commentary on Genesis. It's new. If you don't have it, go get it. It's awesome. His commentary on verse 11 states, and I quote, He lighted on a certain place. In our journey with the Lord, our stops are never by accident. Speaking of Jacob, our stops are never by accident. So to that soldier that's listening to the sound of my voice right now, that's felt like you've been at a dead stop in your relationship with God, you may feel stopped spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or whatever it may be. Just know that maybe you're stopped to have an intimate moment with God. Maybe you have to lay your head on some stones to have a Bethel moment. Maybe you have to get and lie down in the dirt in your weariness and in your lonesome to really connect with Jesus. Maybe you're going through a trial right now because God is trying to tell you something. He's trying to show you something. You just got to connect with him. They, I might have to lay on the stones. Man, I have to be in the dirt. But I just know that I'm going to wake up to a dream and I'm going to see God and I'm going to connect with God. Even though I have to be in the dirt, I want to connect with Jesus. So how does this have to do anything with being a soldier for God? Well, I believe that Jacob started his recruitment at Bethel. This is the first soldier I want to address this evening. And that's the new recruit. Everybody say new recruit. If you've been a member of MPC for like five to ten years or less, would you raise your hand if you've been around five, ten years or less? Awesome. Are you thankful for those that are still coming to NPC? Are you thankful for our new recruits as you would? This is a growing army. This army is never going to die. It never runs out of soldiers. You don't have to pass a physical to get in. Can I get an amen? You don't have to pass a psych evaluation. Actually, how you join the army of God is by presenting your brokenness. That's all it takes. You don't have to go through any strenuous behavior, tests, physical needs. You just say, God, I bring you my brokenness. People think that they have to get everything in order before they come into the house of God, before they start coming to church. But that's just not the case. The church is a spiritual hospital. You will not see perfectly healthy people in this building. You're going to see the broken. You're going to see the weary. You're going to see the hurt because they stand as a witness to what God has done in their lives. Yeah, I've been, I've been broken. I've been sick. I've been beaten. But here I stand redeemed, healed, set free. So we see the recruitment process begin here in chapter 28. And we don't see the end of the recruitment until chapter 32. Genesis 32 and 24. 
And Jacob was left alone. We see that again. He was left alone. Sometimes you just got to get alone to get a move of God. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him and he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. So this is where Jacob truly became what he was destined to become. He has now become what God designed him to be. Israel was already in the fabric of Jacob even whenever he was back with Isaac stealing his birthright. That was still inside of him. To know that even when we're in the midst of sin, whatever God has destined inside of you is still inside of you. Those prodigals that are still out there, that destiny is still inside of them. That purpose is still inside of them. You see, the very definition of Jacob were, were things like deceiver or trickster. These few verses really stood out to me whenever I was studying for this message. I, it, it gave me a question. Why did the angel of the Lord ask Jacob what his name was? This was a messenger from God. He would have known whose Jacob's name was. He would have known. He was wrestling him. I would hope he would have known. So what was so important for him to say his own name? What was the importance of Jacob having to say, my name is Jacob? It was so Jacob would know that even though he did not deserve to be blessed, he was the trickster. He was the deceiver, the liar, the cheater, the coward. He acknowledged that when he stated his name. Yes, I am all of those things. I am the liar. I am the trickster. I am the deceiver. I am the addict. I am the alcoholic. Yet though I was unworthy, I did not deserve the opportunity to serve God. Yet in my understanding of how much I didn't deserve it, he blessed me anyway. Even though I'm the trickster, even though I've lied, he still has called me Israel. He is still blessing me. Even though I'm weary, even though I may have an out-of-socket leg, even though I've been wrestling all night, I've slept in the dirt, I'm on the run from a brother who I've stolen from, he still has blessed me. Because I now know who I was in the flesh, I have now become something new in Christ. It is time that our Jacobs understand and become the Israels that they were created to be. Yes, it may be scary. You may have family members putting things into your head. Some of you are battling in your homes with your family over this. Some of you are holding out for what you think is the right time. Some are scared of what might just happen to you if you go through with it. Let me say this to you. The angel came to Jacob. Jacob woke up and just started wrestling. He didn't know what was going on. He just got up and started fighting. Sometimes you don't get to choose the time that God steps in. Sometimes you don't get to choose right when you've got to start fighting. Maybe you've been on the run for so long, and now this is the moment that God is calling out unto you. So what are you going to do? 
Are you going to sit and go back to sleep? Are you going to get up and start fighting like a soldier? Do we have any soldiers in the room? Come on, do we have any soldiers in the room that say, I'm not going to sit as an angel sits in front of me. I'm going to wrestle him even though I don't deserve it. I'm going to end up blessed out of this. For those of you who are fighting friends and family members who are putting lies into your head about anything to do with God or his doctrine or salvation, let me read you one verse, Psalm 63 and 11. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. It is time that you become bold in the Lord and declare that lying lips be sealed. Come on. If you've been tempted by the enemy, it's time that you declare lying lips be sealed. Devil, you're not going to come after me anymore with past addictions, past temptations. You're not going to lie to me and say, oh, so-and-so's doing better than you. Don't you look at this church. They're doing better than you. I say lying lips be stopped. Maybe some of you are struggling to see if this is the right path for you. What if God can't help me? What if this just isn't for me? What if I'm better off without God? You know, the earth hangs as a floating ball in the middle of a black abyss that we call space. The earth floats around another giant ball of fire that is exactly 91 and a half million miles away from earth. Any closer, we would burn up by the rays of the sun. Any farther away, we would freeze in the frigid cold of the space around us. This giant ball that we sit on has this thing called gravity that holds us so we don't just drift away off into space. There is a total band that covers this planet that gives us the ability to just breathe and breathe and breathe. Everybody... There is just the right amount of water in the air to keep the rays of the sun from burning us up. The earth sits on an axis of exactly 23.5 degrees. Just so us humans can enjoy seasons. And so some of us get night and day. This ball that we are on right now is spinning at roughly 1,000 miles per hour. Yet I stand here and you sit there. And we don't notice a thing. Job 26 and 7. He stretcheth out the north over the empty space and hangeth the earth upon nothing. If he can do all of that for you and for me, I want to let you know God has got you in the very palms of his almighty hands. You have no reason to fear. You have no reason to doubt. You have no reason for anxiety. It doesn't matter who's in power. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world around us because I know if my God can do that for me and for you, there is no thing that can come against our God. If he's the very God that just spoke word and light became into existence, if he's the very one that could just put his hands in some dirt and all of mankind is created, I'm not going to worry about some temptations. I'm not going to worry about some things in my past. Now I want to discuss the last soldier I want to talk about tonight. 
If you've been here for over 10 years, would you raise your hand? Wow, that's awesome. This is the soldier that I'd like to call the one who's ready for re-enlistment. This is the seasoned soldier, the one who's seen some battles. They've fought their fights. They've been in their wars. They've overcome things. They're scarred. They're wounded. They've been bloodied. They've been bludgeoned. And yet they still stand here. The story that resonates with me of a seasoned soldier is that of King David. 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. It's kind of weird. And that time the kings went to battle with his army. Sidebar. God is just like that. <laughs> when you're in the battle, when you're in your own fights, even if you're by yourself, the king is fighting alongside of you. The king is covering you. You can always look up and know, my king is just right there with me. Amen. And it came to pass at the evening time that David arose from off of his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, it is, uh, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her. And she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. This is the very same one that fought the bear. This is the same guy that fought the lion. The same guy that fought the giant. For the sake of the kingdom of God. The same one that was appointed king. This is the king of Israel. And yet he falls into temptation and commits adultery. Old soldiers can make mistakes too. Don't, don't feel like just because you've been in this government and kingdom for years and years that if you make one mistake that's the end of it there is still a cross there is still forgiveness there is still the blood of jesus no matter what you've done there's still a way out so most of us know this story she then became pregnant from this affair so then david sends uriah to the front lines to die in battle this man, David, was so honorable and mighty, but now he's being a deceiver, a lot like Jacob, just for his own gain, a lot like Jacob. But look what happens in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse number 1. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. Story time. He then tells the parable of the rich man talk, uh, taking the poor man's lamb. David becomes angry at the rich man because he was wrong in stealing the lamb. Why would he do that? That's so evil of him. That's, that guy's just the worst. Nathan then points out something very important to David in verse 7. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. You're the man. You messed up. You're the one who's sinned and done this wrong. 
You're the one that's committed this heinous act of sin. Some of you have been in church your whole lives. And I'm asking a simple question that we all need to ask ourselves. What do I have to show for it? How many Bible studies am I teaching? How hard am I working for the kingdom of God? You know, it's sad when we have seasoned soldiers fighting pointless battles like being inconsistent in faith. Dealing with things like modesty. Simple things. Dealing with things that you've conquered years ago. Why are you facing it now? David should have had his temptation under control years ago. Yet he fell for it again. But look what he does. I want to continue in his writings in Psalms. Psalms 51 and verse 1. This is David's heart cry unto God. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. I know what I've done. And my sin is ever before me. I think about it all the time. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in my sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in my inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Blot out what I've been thinking about. Make me forget about my own sins so I can focus on joy and gladness. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from thy sins and blot out my iniquities. Are you thankful for a God that can forget all about your sins? That an all-knowing God can be forgetful of our sins. We ought to lift up our hands right now and thank God for forgiving us of our wretched sins. Verses 1 through 9 are amazing, and I agree. But I want to focus on a very powerful verse in verse 10. Can we put up verse 10, please? Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. A seasoned soldier still knows I've got to be renewed. I still got to be renewed. I still got to have my alone time with Jesus. I've still got to connect with him. I've done this before. I've started my soldier process. But there comes a time that I'm going to mess up again. And I'm going to say, God, renew in me a right spirit within me. Oh, God, renew me. Oh, God, make me new. Oh, God, renew a right spirit within me. There are some soldiers who need to have a come to Jesus meeting, as pastor would say. You've been fighting for so long, and you start fighting the wrong battles. If I could be, I didn't ask my mom this permission, so I hope it's okay. My mom, before she was diagnosed with cancer, was dealing with a sickness for years. They just told her it was allergies. Oh, don't worry about it. It's allergies. 
She went to urgent care. They said, welcome to Indiana. It's allergies. But little did they know, she had pneumonia in her lungs. And in that pneumonia was cancer. They told her, fight this battle. When they should have been fighting the other battle. They said, oh, just fight those allergies. That's all you got to worry about. But there was pneumonia and there was cancer in her body that she should have been fighting long ago. Some of you have believed the enemy has been telling you to fight certain things like each other and get into arguments with each other and start fighting all over Facebook and he's been deceiving you and he's been lying to you when really you have a different battle that you should be fighting. Quit putting your focus on things that you shouldn't even be fighting anymore. Quit putting your focus on things like modesty and stuff like that. You should have already had that done long ago. Quit letting temptation creep into your life again. It should have been handled long ago. You've been fighting the wrong battles. Or worse, you just quit fighting. You go AWOL and you leave. And you're sitting on the pew dry and you haven't had a move of God in your life for years. You let temptation creep in. You've let fear come in. You let anger come in. You let anxiety come in. You've let depression come in. But oh God, renew our hearts. Yea, though I've sinned and I've fallen short of the glory of God, renew in this heart and make me new. Someone here tonight has been having trouble sleeping at night because of pointless battles that you've been facing. Yet through the storm, Jesus could not be awakened by the storm. He was not awakened by the waves. He was not awakened by the wind. He was not awakened by the tossing and turning of the boat that he was sleeping in. He was not awakened by the rain. He was not awakened by the thunder. He was not awakened by the lightning. He woke up just to the mention of his name. You've been sleepless at night because you have your mind on the battles when all at just a mention of the name of Jesus, the one that sleeps through the storms that you're going through right now, if you just mention his name, he's going to wake up and he's going to be there for you. Somebody say the name of Jesus. Wake up the Savior that's sleeping through your very storm right now. That can save you from this storm. That can come up at the top of the boat and say, peace be still. Some of us have forgotten how to fight our battles. Like I said, you get into arguments on Facebook. You get into petty discussions. Well, it should be like this. No, it should be like that. Well, did you hear what Sister Sally Q's did at the other side of town? Well, did you hear what Brother Bobby's did so-and-so on the other side of town? That's not how we fight. But how do we fight? By connecting ourselves with God. That is the purpose of the cup. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about communion right now. 
Whether you be new or needing of renewed, it all falls under the cup that when we partake, like the cough syrup, I may not like what it has to do to me. It might have to cut out some sin that I've been tucked away and that I've been hiding. It might have to cut away that affair with Bathsheba that I've been having behind closed doors. It's got to cut it all away so that I can say, renew in me. Come on, somebody. We all know that we are sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. I need the blood of Jesus to come in and rip out my dirtiness and that lays inside of me. I need the bread of life to give me the strength to continue this fight. I take communion with Jesus so that I know that I am. I take communion with Jesus so that I know what I am to do. And that is to unify myself with the body of Christ and fight the enemy. God is trying to get a hold of somebody this midweek. You know, very rarely in the Bible did it say that God moved on the Sabbath. Sometimes we think that God can only move on a Sunday morning service. That that is the time that is set aside that God can move with me. But we're here together in the name of Jesus. Why not let him move tonight? Why wait another opportunity? Some of you have been waiting to get a hold of God. Some of you have been waiting to get baptized. But right now, it's the time. Why not wait till right now and say, I need to be renewed. I need to get a hold of God. I need to be with you. Like pastor said on Sunday, communion is an act of affirmation. And I am affirming that I am a soldier. And I need to be renewed. Are there any soldiers in the house tonight? Would you stand to your feet right now? If you're ready for a renewing of his spirit, I want you to stand to your feet right now and allow God access to your life, access to move inside of you, access, make yourself ready. Pastor talked a a little bit on Sunday. You can't put new wine in an old skin. So before we partake of the blood of Jesus Christ, I think we ought to start getting some stuff ready. We ought to start getting the new skin ready for the blood of Jesus Christ before we partake of it. Oh God, renew in me. Oh God, I repent of my sins right now. Oh God, the sins that I've committed against you and your will, I'm sorry for God. Only a true soldier can withstand the weight of the cup because he has been made new. He has been redeemed. He has been forgiven of his sins. Only one who is ready to take on the responsibility of what God has done for us. Because it takes a strong person to withstand the weight of the cup. It takes a true one God-believing apostolic to take the weight of the cup. So one final time, I want you with a shout to answer back. Are there any soldiers in the house tonight? Are there any soldiers in the house tonight? Is there anyone who is tired of the enemy taking away your territory or taking over your life? Is there anyone who is ready for when Sunday comes to partake of the weight of the cup? If you're ready for it, let me speak something over you. If you're ready to partake of the cup, I want to quote something to you. And that is, 
I am a soldier. I am a soldier of the Most High God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Scripture is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Ghost, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army, and I am listed for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I am a soldier. Somebody say it over your life right now. Say, I'm a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. I am in my place, saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. Come on, somebody. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, gifts, or candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I can't have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out ahead. I will win. God has and will continue to supply all of my needs. Come on, somebody start lifting up your voice in this place. Do you believe me right now? Are you speaking this over your family's life right now? I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. The devil cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. Somebody shout it out. I am a soldier. If you're a soldier in this room, come to the front right now and start declaring it over your life right now. If you believe that, you ought to be praising the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right now. That God has the power to change Jacob and to correct David, then he's still working today. He's moving right now. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what's coming up against me. Come on, somebody. This world may try to silence you, but let me tell you, the roars of the renewed scream louder than any demon in hell. It is the ones who have been united through the body and the blood of Jesus Christ and are now under new leadership. If you're under new leadership, come on, give some praise in this place today. Some of us need to dust off the old sign and remind the enemy, I'm under new ownership. I've got a new king in my life. And it's not my past addictions. It's not my past worries. I've got a new king. I answer to someone who is higher than all the things of this world. I will win. The devil is defeated. I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror. My children will be victorious. My grandchildren will be victorious. My family will be victorious. The prodigals 
are coming home. The prodigals are going to be in this house. I don't need weapons of this world. Just let me feel the weight of the cup and let me get connected with the master. When we partake of communion, I will tell you this. You will feel the blood of Jesus wash down the cross and wash as clean as snow. It's time to be renewed, church. It's time to be renewed. Lift up your voices right now and be renewed in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.